Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Amen. So, so we've been talking in this series about, about faith. Faith. And we've had a, we've had a number of, of uh, messages concerning faith. Uh, one of the messages in particular that stands out, uh, I know Pastor preached a message and he said, put your faith to work. Put your faith to work. And even in that message, he said that there were four questions that you have to ask yourselves. Now, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. I'm not going to ask you to, to answer the question. I know everybody knows all four. You got them committed to memory, right? That was pretty weak. All right. So we, they, I believe they got it, Pastor. They just, they, yeah, I caught them off guard. I, just, I think I caught them off guard. But not only did we have, hear a message about put your faith to work, Dr. D preached the message and it said it talked about enemies of our faith enemies of our faith. And there were five things that she pointed out. Don't worry again. I'm not going to ask you to talk about those five things because you got them committed to memory, right? So I don't even need to waste any time with that, right? Sounds like some of us need to make a visit back to the website so we can listen to some more messages over again. I encourage you to do that just so you can keep those things before you. But those were, those were some awesome messages, and there were some key things that they said that would help each one of us. And so I want to continue with our faith series, but today I want to talk to you about essential things that are essential to our faith, essentials for our faith, I should say. Essentials, must-have, things that, things that we have to have for our faith. If you will, turn with me over to Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Again, that's Romans chapter 1, verse number 17. And it reads, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let me read that again. It says, For in it... The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, this verse actually piggybacks off verse 16 because Paul, is, Paul makes a declaration to the church at Rome, and he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And his whole intent for that message was to let them know the gospel is available to everyone, everyone. And so when he so when we read in verse 17, it says for in it, it's talking about the gospel being being revealed, the righteousness of God being revealed in that gospel. But then he goes down and he says something that I want us to look at today. And he says, the just shall live by faith. So the question is, when we read that, who are the just? Who is he talking to? Who is Paul trying to point out as being the just? Well, we know that anyone who has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, 
They are the ones that he's speaking to. It's not the person that just comes to church. It's not the person that does good deeds. It's not the person who never done anything bad to anybody else. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is, do you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? And these are the people that Paul, that, that Paul is talking to when he says the just shall live by faith. So we know right away he's talking to people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And not only did he say that the just shall live, but then he goes on further. He says, by faith. So what Paul is talking about here is Paul is not talking about a one-time event. Paul is not talking about something that we do occasionally. Paul is talking to us about a lifestyle change, a lifestyle change. Look at your name and say lifestyle. Lifestyle. If we're going to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, there must be a lifestyle change. There must be. We can no longer live to just ourselves. We can no longer do what we want to do, and that's it. We are no longer accountable to just ourselves, and that is the only person. Now we belong to God. So we have to, we have to understand that there's a certain way that we have to live. You know, sometimes we can get it twisted and we get it mixed up when we hear that word faith. We start thinking about things that we can get and how we can obtain things. And so when we talk about the just living by faith, this isn't just to get what you want either. It's interesting to note that sometimes, you know, people, some people amaze me because they can, they have faith when it comes around to things. I'm believing God for this house. I'm believing God for this job or I'm believing God for whatever. But what about the day to day living? Why aren't you believing God for the other promises that are found in his word? And see, so that could get us into trouble when we become short sighted. But we have to understand Paul was talking to us about making a lifestyle change, not just about doing things so that we could get what we wanted from God. But he's talking about changing your life completely. You know, when I think about that, it takes me back to I remember when my daughter was was being born, my oldest daughter. She was born and and I went with my wife to to uh, one of her well visits when she was pregnant. And they had a scale there, and I just happened to jump on the scale. And I got on the scale at the time, and I didn't like what the scale said. I mean, it was so bad to where I asked myself the question, like, is she pregnant or are you pregnant? <laughs> and it was a hard reality for me to face. But then, but then I understood something. If something is going to change, then I got to make a change, and I can't just make it a short-term change. It's got to be a complete lifestyle change. So that day when she was born, and she's 19 now, I tipped the scales at about 225. I think right now I'm around 188, 189. But what I've seen over the years is it's because I made a lifestyle change. I didn't just do a fab diet. I didn't just try to lose weight real quick because that's what I want to do to reach a goal. But it was a lifestyle change. What am I saying to us today? If we want to please God, if we want to walk worthy of the calling that we've received now as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to make a lifestyle change. We're not just trying to live in such a way to where we see these temporary victories. But I'm talking to you today about essentials, essentials. Now, understand, you and I are, we're on a faith journey. We are. And on the journey... The journey doesn't stop until God says the assignment's over. So I don't care who you are, you're still on the journey. He still expects you to live by faith. So because you're on this journey, 
there are some essentials that you, that you have to have. And I told you earlier, we're talking about essentials for our faith. Essentials. There are some things that you have to have. Think about it. If you and I were making a trip, there's, there are some things that we must have. Some things we don't have to have. But then there are some things that we must have. You know, it might be a good idea if you're traveling, if you're going by car, it might be good to have a good navigation system if you don't know where you're going. That's an essential. You got to have that. So let's, let's, let's look at this. So if you and I are going to have, if we're going to walk by faith, if we're going to make this lifestyle change, the question we have to ask ourselves is how do we develop or grow in our faith? How do we make this a lifestyle change? What are some of the things that you and I can do so that we can make this not just something we do from Sunday to Sunday or Sunday to Wednesday or from this day to the next? Well, how can we do it to where it just becomes a part of our lifestyle? It's it's just what we do. How do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked the question. That's a very good question. So let's turn over to let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. And I believe there are three things that that we can three three things. This is not an exhaustive list. There are obviously more, but there are three things that we that I would call essential that you and I can add to our faith to help us so that we can do what Paul says when he says the just shall live by faith. One of those essentials in Hebrews 11, as we go over to verse five. And I guess it would help if I got over there first, right? Let's look at um, Hebrews 11.5. It says, By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God, that he pleased God. How many want to please God? Please God. That's, that's, what, that's what it says about Enoch. It says he pleased God. He pleased God. Now, you know, the book of Hebrews, actually, specifically, the book of um, he, I mean, um, Hebrews chapter 11 is really what we, we like to call the Faith Hall of Fame. And we can really point out individuals. I can go up and down the chapter and point out individuals. But like I said today, we only want to focus on three of them. And the first one is Enoch. Now, the scripture tells us not a lot about Enoch. We don't get a lot of mention about him. As a matter of fact, he's probably mentioned one other time in Scripture, and that's in the book of Genesis. Enoch's a very interesting person, though, when you look at what the Scripture says about him. So when we talk about things that are essential, the first thing that's essential for us, if we're going to walk by faith, if we're going to live by faith, is commitment. Commitment. Somebody say commitment. Commitment. Now, so let me tell you why, why we're looking at Enoch. If you would, it's okay if we, we kind of move through the scriptures a little bit, right? Let's go over to Genesis chapter number five. That should be a real easy one if you have your actual Bible with you. You just flip over to the front and you're right there. I'm just saying, trying to help somebody out. Genesis chapter, chapter number five, verse number 21. Still talking about Enoch. So, so let's see what the Bible says about him. We know that over in Hebrews it says that, that he was and then he was not. And a lot of times we get caught up on that. But think about it. It says that he has this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. So let's, let's look at it. What did he do to please God? 
You might have to dig a little bit on this one, but I think it should be apparent after we go down through it. It says, Enoch, in verse 21, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. So again, Enoch walked with God for how many years? 300 years, but he lived, he lived how many years? Now, my Georgia State math tells me that that's probably about 81 or 82% of his life was spent walking with God. Now, the Bible doesn't give us insight into everything that he did day by day, but it does give us a timeline. Think about that for a minute. This man walked with God for 300 years. And the thing that I found most interesting is it says after. What's this? Verse 21. Or verse. Yeah, yeah. Verse, verse 21 it says Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot um, Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. So most of us would say, well, you know, I would walk with God, but, you know, I got issues because, you know, I got other stuff going on. And, you know, life's real busy and it's real difficult. How many would agree that having the birth of a child is, is a big adjustment? How many would say that there's a big demand on your time? We, we all, well, all the parents can agree with that, right? But that didn't stop Enoch. Enoch continued to walk with God. It says after the birth. He didn't get to the birth to say, you know what? I just don't have time for this. But, he's, but the Bible tells us that after the birth of Methuselah, he walked with God for 300 years. And watch this. Not only did he walk with God for 300 years, but it says that if we flip down to verse number 20, yeah, 22, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. His family continued to grow. And he continued to walk with God. What am I saying to you? We can all make excuses of why we can't walk with God. But this is a good example right here that if you want to walk with God, it can be done. It can be done. Think about that. He didn't even let the fact that he had his family was growing. He didn't let that deter him from having a relationship with God that was timeless. I wonder what he did over that time. Because it said for 300 years, he walked. He was in a relationship with God. Now, that walking, that walking with is not necessarily a literal walk with, although it could. There have been times where I'm sure all of us can say we probably had walks and we talked with God. But what that is talking about, his relationship with God, his relationship with God. He lived in a relationship with God for 300 years. And so if you and I are going to be if we're if we're going to add some something that's essential to our faith, we got to remember, we got to go back to commitment, commitment. There has to be a commitment. There has to be when we look at commitment. It talks about the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause and activity. And obviously, we know in the context of what we're talking about, we're talking about being dedicated in our walk with God. Because, again, we're talking about a lifestyle change. So in order for us to, to get through this and walk out this lifestyle change, you and I have to be committed. Look at your neighbor and say committed. Committed. Yeah, we're going to talk to each other today. Committed. We have to be committed. Committed. That's what, because that's an essential for us now. If we're going to name the name of Jesus Christ as our Savior, then you and I have to remember that one of the essentials, one of the must-haves that we need, we have to have commitment. How do we get commitment? We do just what Enoch did. 
I'm sure he started at some point, and he just did it over time. And really, you know what that is? That's commitment, but you know what that is also? It's discipline. How many people work out? How did it start working out? It didn't feel too good, did it? But then over time, when you started working out and you were consistent, guess what? You start building in the discipline of working out. Because now it's not a matter of, you know, uh, I, missed, I, I didn't work out. Now it's a matter of, I missed my workout. I got to get back to it. Why? Because you have that discipline built in already. And as you build in that discipline, now it's already ingrained in you. Now you're thinking, okay, this is, this is part of what I do. This is a normal response for me. It's the same way with us, our time with God, time in, time in prayer, time in the word. It's just a discipline that we build in. So guess what? When we, when we, find, that our, we find ourselves kind of drifting or we're missing, then guess what? The Holy Spirit can tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, where you been? So again, when we talk about that, nothing super spiritual here. All it is is day by day by day. Can you make a commitment today to walk with God? Walk with God. So we talk about that. So the first essential, and again, these, these are, it's not an exhaustive list. This is not in order. But the first thing is we need commitment. But watch this. So going back to Hebrews 11, if we pick up at verse number 6, the next thing that we need when we talk about having that, that lifestyle of commitment is this is going to be hard. Y'all ready? Obedience. Obedience. It's quiet in here. I said the O word. We need obedience. So actually, let's go down to verse 7. So verse 7 says, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Think about this. So, so here, here God, we go back to Genesis and that's what we're talking about. Noah, when we first introduced to him in Genesis, um, Genesis six, the Bible says that Noah, well, it talks about the times that he lived in and it talked about the times that Noah lived in were times where there was a lot of violence on the earth. It wasn't a good time for him to, 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 to be living. And God saw the wickedness of men, and God said, you know what? I'm going to wipe them all out. I'll fix the whole thing. I'm going to take them all out. But then he remembered one person, and that was Noah. You know why? Because the Bible tells us in that same chapter that Noah walked with God. Didn't we just talk about walking with God? See what walking with God, walking with God does for you? So listen to this. Again, Noah lived in a violent time. God said he was going to wipe them out, but then he remembered Noah because the scripture says Noah walked with God. But then he gave Noah specific instructions about what he was supposed to do. Now, imagine if you and I were Noah because God comes and he talks to us and says he's about to destroy the earth. And he talks to you about destroying it in such a way that you've never seen before. I'm sure if we were Noah, you know, in our head, we'd probably be like, I, I, I don't understand that. I've never seen that before. I can't imagine how these things can be so. So think about it. Noah himself must have taken, he must have had to take courage in order to continue forth. Because think about it. Noah wasn't just building just a little speedboat. 
Noah had to build an ark. The Bible, well, from studying it, if you think about it, and, and God kind of gives him directions on exactly how he wants him to build it. But when you think about the dimensions of the ark, just to give you a picture, it was really about the size of probably one and a half football fields. So just imagine you on the block and you're walking by and you see Noah out there and he's putting something together. And you're like, man, what you doing? And he's like, I'm building an ark. Why? God told me to do it. Imagine the kind of ridicule, because again, like I said, Noah lived in a time where, where things were not great. It was a violent time. The world was bad when he was there. But, but God told him to build an ark, and he gave him specific instructions. And the, I love what the Bible says in verse 22, because it says, Noah did according to all that God had said. And watch this. Here's the benefit. Not only was Noah saved, but through his act of obedience, his entire family, his household was saved too. So today, I just want to ask you, when we talk about essentials, your obedience is not only for you, but who else is your obedience for? So there's a lot at stake for us. That's why we got to live by faith. Think about it. God was ready to wipe the entire earth out, but he remembered, I got this guy named Noah. He didn't say anything about his family. He said, Noah, that walks with God. So the question for you today is, are you going to walk with God and be obedient, obedient to what he tells you to do? Oftentimes we, we, we're, not, we're, we're not seeing the blessings or we're not seeing the benefit of walking by faith because we're not being obedient to God when he calls us to do something. Let that one sink in just for a minute. Think about it. What has God told you specifically to do? What instructions has he given you? What do you need courage for? So that even in the midst of opposition, that you can go ahead and, and do what God has called you to do. Because on the other side, I wonder what's waiting for you. On the other side of being obedient. Of following the instructions all the way out. Not just to the point where you can see it, but I mean following the instructions all the way out to what God said to do. So Noah's example of that for us. So when we talk about essentials for our faith, we have to have commitment. We also have to have obedience. But then the last one is this. We have to be risk takers. We have to be risk takers. Risk takers. We have to be willing to take a risk. In Hebrews chapter number, chapter number 8, it says this. It says, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11. Don't turn. Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith, Abraham obey. We just talked about that, right? When he was called to go to, to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And when he went out, and he, and he went out not knowing where he was going. So when we talk about Abraham, if we go over to Genesis chapter 12, God comes to, to, to Abraham and he tells him, he says, I want, you to, I want you to get out of here. I want you to leave the place that you're in And I want you to go to a place that I will show you. So think about it. He has limited instructions. And not only is that was that word for him, he had to convince his family to go with him. So think about this. God said, I want you to leave where you're at and I want you to go to the place where I'm going to show you. 
Now, how many of us, because the Bible says in right around verse four that it says and Abraham went. But how many of us will have a little bit of a delay in that? Weeks, months, years. For what God said to do. Now, we don't know how long the time was. We know Abraham went. So think about it. We got to become risk takers. Now, the only way you and I can become a risk taker is we have to develop in our relationship with God because we got to be clear that God is speaking to us. And not only do we have to be clear, but we have to be so set in our convictions that it's him that when he says do it, we do it. So a lot of times with a lot of us, it's not just that we're not moving. Some of us aren't even clear that that's God speaking to us because we haven't taken the time to really get to know him and to know his voice. How do I know? Because we start asking these questions. Well, God, is that you? Is that me? Who is that speaking? And we're all confused. We don't understand. But when you spend time in his word, then you know God is consistent with the word of God. And so what he's asking you to do, even if you have to take a risk, he's already worked out the other side of it. And that's the thing that we've been talking about when we talk about faith. Our faith is not in ourselves. It's not in our ability to get the job done. It's not in our ability to make things happen. Our faith is in God. When he tells us to do something, he can, he, we already know he can bring it to pass. And even though he's telling us about something he's going to do, he's already done it. So it's not a matter of that. You know how you hear people say, well, I'm just waiting on God. Well, really, we turn around and say, well, really, he's waiting on you because you need to make the first step. And so just like Abraham, and we look on and we're able to see both sides of it. We see a man who's there, who's comfortable, who's got everything he needs, I'm sure. I mean, when we talk about his possessions and what he took, he didn't just go there with just, you know, just what he had in, in his hands and, you know, a few things to put in his pocket. Abraham carried some stuff when he left out. So think about that. Out of all the stuff that he had, what was it that God said to this man to make him? Leave everything that was comfortable to him and go to another place. You talk about faith in God. Abraham knew who was talking to him. And that's how we we need to get. We need to get to the point where we can so clearly hear God's voice when he's speaking to us that we move. Yes, we need to have courage. Yes, we're going to have to like jump out in the unfamiliar. But again, we got to consider who's talking to us. Who's pushing you out? Who's telling you that there's time to make a change? And so today, when, you, when, we, when we talk about that, what are some of the things that you and I need to make some adjustments on when it comes to taking a risk? What is it? What is it? You know, the thing is, all of our situations are different. But today, I just want to encourage you and just ask you the question, what, what is it? What do you need to take a risk on? Over? What is it? What has God spoken to you and said, I want you to do this, and all you need to do is just take the risk, just step out? What is it? Because if he said it, he's still expecting you to do it. That hasn't changed. And it's not about, well, you know, God, that really doesn't, that doesn't seem like me. And it, okay, he doesn't make mistakes. We talk about almighty God, Right? The one who knows everything, right? Who's all knowing, all perfect, pure in all of his ways. He can't lie. So if he said it to you, he knows exactly what he is saying. So today I want to encourage you to become a risk taker. It's essential to your faith. If you're going to live by faith, you have to become a risk taker. 
Why? Because God wants to accomplish his purpose in your life. When God came to Abraham, it was for a specific purpose. And I'm sure for all of us in here, God has a specific purpose that he's talked to us about. And if you are one of the ones who hasn't moved yet, I want to encourage you today. Take the risk. Take the risk. Because just like Abraham, just like one nation was riding on his shoulders just because of one decision. There's no telling what's riding on your decision today. So again, if you and I are going to live by faith, and we know the Bible says that we have to. Paul said the just shall live by faith. That wasn't just a suggestion. That was a command. We got to live. That's the way we live now. So if we're going to make that lifestyle change, we have to have essentials. And those essentials are commitment, obedience, and we also have to become risk takers, risk takers, risk takers. And so if we add those to our tool bag as we continue our journey, our faith journey, I believe we'll see God move in some very, very, very special ways. Amen? Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.